Amen. No promises, though. 1 Samuel 12 and 24. And it reads this. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with some of your heart. Okay. Sky Bible. Sometimes I just want to see if you guys are reading or are you just paying attention. Serve him in truth with all of your heart, for consider how great things he hath done for you. Has visto que buenos casas el Señor ha hecho para ti. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We will listen, we will obey. We will give you honor, glory, and power. Dios te damos gracias por tu, tu palabra. Escuchemos y obedeciamos la bendición, la gloria, la sabiduría, la acción de gracias, la honra, el poder, poder la fortaleza. Tiene nosotros Dios por los siglos de los siglos de siempre y siempre. Amén. Some people understood it. For the power, the honor, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Consider the great things God has done for you. Now, I just want to challenge you guys something real quick, just so that you understand. The Bible wasn't written for the world. That's right. right. You guys listen to me. The Bible wasn't written for the world. The Bible was written to the church, right? But the problem that we have is, as Christians, is that there are people outside the church that want to try to to try to tell us how to live. And there's people that want to sit down and fight you about what the Bible says, and they ain't even living it. So we need to make sure that what we're doing inside the church needs to be found in the Bible. Okay, I'm glad you guys said amen. So now, getting back, consider the great things that God has done for you. You know why? Because things could be worse. Way, way, way worse. Muy, muy, muy peor. We have a tendency to view life at a 20-80 rule. In church, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. 20% of the congregation tithe, why 80% give what they can afford. That should not be so. Why is it that you look at the seats and they're filled, that you have the same people in the children's ministry every Sunday serving, and they only get one weekend off, but yet you're okay to put your kids in there but you're not okay to come out and serve in there. You got a gift of cleaning up your own house. Why not use that gift to clean the bathrooms at the church? 
I'm just doing this so I'm not looking at anybody so you don't feel. Because what you going to turn around and say, that preacher was talking to me. If we all got together, this ain't even part of my sermon, but if we all got together and had all things in common and did the work, we would get more things done in Auburn. You're saying yes, but right now, look what can can happen if we did things together. Right now in your body, specifically in your body, most young people, they can move around and do whatever. You young people, if I asked you to come up and break dance, you would break dance and be real cool, right? Right? I see you guys on the stuff. But no, your body moves together. It functions. But in the body of Christ, it usually seems that our bodies are paralytic. And only two limbs are working and the other ones are just sitting there attached to the body. And we got to drag them along. And when we got to get ready to do something, it's like, hey, how you doing? You're like, fine. And somebody goes, well, hey, where's the problem at in this city? And they do like this. Over there. We need to make sure that we are a body fitly joined together where each member supplies another one. So nobody goes without need. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Let me get my get off my soapbox. Apostle Paul would warn us in Timothy, 2 Timothy 3 and 1, the description of how the church would act during perilous times. Okay, wait. Who is the Bible for? So Paul was warning the church. He's talking about perilous times. Why are we looking at what's going on in Russia? And what's going on in the world, even in our country, but we're not looking at what's going on in our church. What Paul is telling Timothy that there will be perilous times going on in the church. Come on, somebody. This is what Paul said. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. What days are those? Perilous times. Here, it says, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. This is in the church. Don't, 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 don't look to the left or the right. You go like, mm-hmm. <laughs> For men will be lovers of themselves. That's what's happening. A person that doesn't serve is a lover of themselves. I said it at this church before. You know what? You want every member in your body to work. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But there's a parts of your body you don't want on there, like a, like a skin tag. Yep. Don't be a skin tag Christian. Yes. <laughs> you know what a skin tag is? Yes. It's
it's worthless. You're trying to get it off. You do. You put string around it because you just want it to go. I'm telling you as a pastor, we just got people at church. I'm like, I wish they would just fall off. Just let them go. They're irritating. You ever have a skin tag and it hurts? It hurts for a week and you're like, uh-uh. they're worthless. Taking up seats and... Pastor, you got to love everybody. I'm loving you today. This is what love is like. My mom would tell me, I love you, son, whether it's a pat on your back or a pat on your butt. It's still love. Paul describes all these attitudes we see in the church, being lovers of themselves, lovers of money, prideful, disobedient to parents. Listen, we're sitting down. When I said disobedient to parents, you're like, yep, my kids, they don't listen to me at all. You know why your kids don't listen to you? Probably because you're not listening to your spiritual parents. My pastor, he didn't talk to me like that. Pastor Todd, don't tell. Now, I'm going to do, do what I'm going to do. I'm, I don't have to be up here today. I'm going to turn it down a little bit. No. Disobedient to parents. Yes. Do you realize what you sow, you're going to reap? Yes. You know why your kids are disobedient? Probably because you're disobedient. Yes. It got quiet in here. <laughs> People are like, unloving, unforgiving. You guys, just let it go. There's just some things ain't even worth being upset about. You ain't got time. Don't waste your oil. Do you guys understand what that means? Do you know that oil is precious? You know, the anointing oil, the anointing of Christ, Christ is the anointed one. When Christ comes in you, you get the anointing. And what that anointing is supposed to do is you use that anointing to help other people. But sometimes you waste your oil on people that you don't need to give it to. Well, the Bible Bible says it. Don't cast your pearl, your anointing before swine. You know why? Because they will trample on it and turn around on you. Don't waste your oil. Man, there's a couple of messages in there. We should tag team one day. <laughs> Slanders without self-control. I just couldn't help myself. Brutal despises of good. But the one characteristic that I want to talk about today and I want to focus on today is being ungrateful or unthankful. And the definition of ungrateful is this. It's not the, it's, it's not feeling or showing gratitude. That's what ungrateful is. Have you guys ever been around ungrateful people? I heard it up from the, the, the front. The back wouldn't, they were like. Or they're sitting around ungrateful people and they're like. Ungrateful people are unthankful, demanding, heedless, careless, thankless, self-centered, dissatisfied, unappreciative, insensible, grumbling, and forgetful. Ungrateful people don't realize things could be worse. 
So today I want to talk to you just for a minute about how to change your view and your perception and perspective when life deals you a bad hand. Now, me, I'm a numbers guy, and I like to, I see things numbers, you know. I, I look at number three, you know, number three. We're talking about the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You go on to seven numbers, the seven of completion, and then eight is, you guys know the whole numbers, and 40, and 10, and this, that's the kind of, that's what I see. So at the men's advance, I noticed, I started seeing men together, and I started seeing these numbers, these perfect pictures that I was seeing, and I was like, man, I'm starting to see this, and God's showing me these things, and really what I saw was a couple of guys playing dominoes. You guys know what dominoes? Anyway, I was just trying to get really holy, really spiritual. Anyway, these guys are playing dominoes. If you guys know how to play dominoes, when you play dominoes, the worst thing can happen to you with dominoes is when you get all doubles in your hand. It's a terrible hand. Watch this. But there's two things you could do. You could look and go, oh, man. Or you could look in another perspective and go, I'm going to use the hand that's been played to me. I'm just going to learn how to play it and play it right. See, some of us in here have got a really good hand. They're like, oh, man, I, I got this, I got that, whatever. And some of us in here, we weren't, we were never, we were built, our, uh, dealt a bad hand. And we sit down and complain about, well, I never had a dad, and my mom was in this, and we lived, and it was 20 of us in an apartment, and you know, it was, yeah, and, 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 and you know, things could have been worse. Yeah. But you were dealt a bad hand, but guess what? You got to learn how to play that hand. Yes. Come on. First Thessalonians 5 and 6, 16 through 18 says this, even when you have a bad hand, watch this. Rejoice sometimes. Oh, rejoice when you get blessed. Really? Rejoice always? Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. Why is the will of God for us to be thankful in everything? You guys know why? Because things could be worse. Let me just break this down for you. You're supposed to rejoice always. Sometimes, you know, you sit down and you look. And remember, you look at what little you have instead of looking at all the great stuff you do have. Right? So we got to rejoice. Pray without ceasing. We got a problem here in in the church of God. We will pray only when we need stuff. When's the last time you prayed and asked God, hey, God, what do you need from me? Instead of God, this is what I need. Let's just be honest. Let's be honest. I'm trying to help you. Sometimes you just need to go before God just to say, God, thank you. Lord, I'm rejoicing that today is the day that you have made, and I shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always. 
Pray without ceasing. You know, people come up to me and they're like, Pastor, you know, um, I need to know what the will of God is for my life. Some people in here, they'll come, come. I know Pastor, uh, Pastor Matt, Pastor Crystal, all the pastors are probably here. People come and say, what is the will of God for my life? What is it? And people even right now are like, oh, yeah, Pastor, tell me. Because today I'm going to tell you what the will of God is for your life. This is what the will of God is for you, to rejoice always. What, what you mean? Uh, I'm, my, the will of God for me is, you know, that I want to become a pastor. And, uh, that's my calling. No, 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 no. The will of God for you in Christ Jesus is that you rejoice always, that you pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. That is the will of God for you. That's his will for you. Not my will be done, but your will be done. That's what we need to do. The problem that we have is in our mind, we are looking at identity. God, listen, catch me with this. God will look at you and say, listen, you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're focusing on your identity or your calling. You're focusing on your calling, and you think that your calling is your identity. Right? Right? So you go to God because you're like, my identity is wrapped up in in my calling. God said, no, I'm giving you one identity. And that identity is what manner of love is bestowed upon these people that they would be called the son, the children of God. Your identity is found in Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that you're identified with, not your calling. So then all of a sudden, once you know who you are, then you can understand that, oh, the will of God for me is now that I'm a child, the will of God for me is to pray without ceasing, rejoicing with everything, and everything give thanks. Then once that happens, then you'll be able to step into your calling. It's a process. So why is it the will of God for us to be thankful in everything? Because being ungrateful gives us an unhealthy perspective. Being ungrateful causes a person to focus on the 10% bad instead of the 90% good. That's why most people don't tithe. I'm just trying to help you. First of all, this is what we say. You know, a lot of us get to this point and we go, okay, yeah, you know, I I give God 10 And, you know, the rest is mine. No, it's not. It's all God's. Just give him the 10%. And don't, listen, listen, don't pay your tithes. Don't pay them. Because you know what that's indicative of? Paying, you pay for something that was never yours. I bring. Scripture says, bringing all the tithes into the storehouse. You notice the words here? I know it's people like, well, it's semantics. No, it's not. Bringing all the tithes into the storehouse that my house may be filled. You guys with me now? I'm giving you some clarity. You take the tithes. You bring the tithes to the storehouse. Just 10%. That's all God requires. 10. It's redemption. That's what it means to redeem. The 90% belongs to the Lord. We need to be asking God, what should we do with the rest? Huh? And once we get that mindset in, then we can say, man, God, thank you that you allow me to be a steward of your money. It was you, God, that gave us the power to obtain wealth. This is not, listen, I don't know where I'm going here. I don't know where I'm going here. This is not in my notes. 
But somebody out here needs to understand this because God wants you blessed. This is not prosperity. This has nothing to do. When I say blessed, I'm not talking about you getting houses and cars. I'm talking about a blessing that a man, man can't receive. I'm talking about peace, joy, and the Holy Ghost. That when trouble hits you, you've got the peace that surpasses all understanding. It's what I'm talking about. But what we got this, this whole thing is we look at the 10%, we forget about the 90%, and we don't even give God the, the, the praise for the 90%. And in life itself, even marriages, I sit down and I counsel people in marriages, and I hear them talking, I'm talking about this way, and I hear all this other stuff, and then all of a sudden, I start, I start hearing stuff like, um, okay, is it all bad? Do you love them? Yes, I love them. Do you guys do it? Yes. Do you? Yes. Well, you're just telling me about 5% of your relationship. What about everything else? Why are you willing to throw your relationship away? There's only 10% of the bad. I mean, well, at least in California, it only rains like two months, three months out of the year. But the rest of the year, it's, it's sunshine state. But people are like, every time it starts raining, man, it's raining, I can't stand, I can't stand this place. <laughs> Things could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> I, tr- I wasn't trying to go there. <laughs> what it is. Bring it. <laughs> In our, in our growth group and in our coffee date Mondays with the butchers, my wife and I had studied this book called The Building Blocks of, of a Marriage. And during one of our sessions, we'd study this, this rule called the 2080 rule. The author of the book shared how his wife was so optimistic about everything. She always looked for the good in everything. You guys, you guys know people like that? Yes. I know this dude, one of our deacons, named Tony Tolbert. His nickname is Mr. Epic because everything is epic. The first time I went on vacation with him, I had planned out Disneyland trip, bringing his family, and I did it during a day where there wasn't going to be a lot of people because I'm agoraphobic. I don't like a lot of people around me. But we get there, and what do you know it? For some reason, everybody and their mama was at <laughs> Disneyland. So I'm waiting in line at cars. We were in line for like three hours. I'm irritated, super irritated. And out of nowhere, Tony comes up, stands up, and he's like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> we're at the happiest place on earth, huh? Isn't this great? Everything's good. Where else would you be? And I'm looking at him, I'm like, who is this dude? <laughs> Just looking at like, what's, what's happening? Why, why, why is he so cheerful? I, I don't understand. But what it is with Tony is he chooses to see the good in everything. Even though we sat down and for hours waiting on the ride, he was just happy to be with his family. He was happy. You know why? Because he chose to see the greater good yeah. and not the little bit of bad. Yeah. So I, this is what I started doing in my life. I said, when I start uh, looking at things and be bad, I got to find Tony. Yeah. 
I get on the phone with Tony. He's like, Tony, man, this is what's going on. He's like, well, hey, Jay, uh, you want me to just come over and start talking to you? Because uh, things could be worse. <laughs> Let's, seeing the good in all things is a choice. It's a spiritual discipline. It's a spiritual discipline. We know that all things work together for the good, according to Romans 8 and 28. We are living in a generation that curses their father and doth not bless their mother. The righteous in their, righteous in their own eyes, they are thankful unto no one for nothing. Listen, one of the greatest privileges of being a Christian is to have the capacity to give thanks regardless of what happens. Do you know why? Because things could be worse. It's easy to be thankful when things are going your way. When things are doing great and everything. It's easy. Let's just be honest. But do you realize, you know what? If, If you live this life where everything is great and then all of a sudden the bad stuff happens, you start to start going away from God. But do you, do you realize the Bible says, the Paul says, that I may know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Suffering. Things can be worse. But even in your suffering, even during those worst times you, that you say things can be worse, I'm getting to know God even more. Come on, y'all. Things could be worse. It's easy to be thankful when things are going your way. But as a Christian, we can rise above any situation to thank God for causing all things to work together for good. So remember, things could be worse. See, when you're thankful, you appreciate what you have and not regret what you've lost. Being ungrateful makes us too familiar with our blessings. Mm. Being ungrateful makes us too familiar with our blessings. Being grateful keeps us out of familiar. I'm going to put these two things together. Being ungrateful makes you too familiar with your blessings. You know what too familiar is? It's one of those things when you look at your wife or you look at your husband and you don't just out of nowhere look at him and go, you're a good man. Because we get so comfortable with people being around us that we lose our gratefulness for our spouses. Sometimes we need to sit back. I mean, this is what we used to do back in the the old Pentecostal church. You'd be like, ooh, ooh, ooh. I've been looking at my wife sometimes. I'd be like, ooh, God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Like my, my wife looked at me like, but honey, you know, I'm gaining a couple pounds. Like, oh, p- praise God, there's more of you to love. <laughs> Bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Even here, you guys, listen, listen very carefully. I'm a pastor, and I think we have a great worship team um, down at the building. Great worship team. But when I come here, I experience faith and victory worship is like no other worship I have experienced in my life. Watch this, though. Because you guys, you guys get so familiar with it. It's like, okay, everybody. But it's familiar. It's, it's comfortable to you. you. You'll get used to it. 
I mean, this is what the children of Israel soon forgot. So what ends up happening is you get people up here, Amanda and, and the worship team, and they're up here and, and Russ and Roger and up here and Tim and them and whoever it is they're playing and everybody's singing. And it gets to a point that it just becomes normal. It becomes common. But what they're doing is holy. But we forget, we get familiar with what they have. I'm here to, t- I'm telling you as a pastor, I love coming here. You guys, some of you men didn't see what was going on at the men's conference. I went and stood in the back because I was enjoying it. And I said, God, this is what I want for our men, that men can be standing around with both hands up, giving God worship and glory and honor. And when you get, when you get men together raising their hands, guess what happens? Wives will start raising their hands. Kids start raising their hands. They'll begin to appreciate the worship. One of these days, Amanda, I literally, we just need to stop Turn the music off. Let's just worship with our voices. Don't get too familiar with the blessings that God has given you. Congregational worship is something that was designed for the church. But we've gotten so, I'm on a soapbox. But what ends up happening, we get professional musicians, we get professional lights and stages, and they're nice, they're okay. And, and people sit down and they want to be worshiped too, of the, having them Lord lead into worship. FVC leads their people into worship, not worshiping for them, but leads them into worship. You know why? Because Judah plows, Judah is praised. And when you learn to praise together, this is when your heart, the fallow ground of your heart breaks open. And that's when your pastor will come up. And you know why you guys are getting saved in here? Because the worship is leading you into worship. Your your heart, the praise has been happening. Your fallow ground of your heart comes. And when the hard word comes, it's okay. Because you've been praising and the word comes down in. And God watches after his word to perform it. And when the seed gets planted in good ground, it bears forth much fruit so that the city of Auburn can live, I mean, live and taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Now, when you're not grateful, you're never satisfied. Proverbs 28 and 25, a greedy man stirs up strife. When you're, when you're not grateful, you miss out on what's really important. And you know what's really important? Things could be worse. Yes. The reason why they're, uh, <clears throat> the negative always outweighs the positive is because we are ungrateful. Yeah. We are. Yeah. Yeah. An ungrateful life and an ungrateful heart is altogether displeasing to God. Yeah. Romans 1.21 says this. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Who was he talking to? The church in Rome. The NLT says it like this. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And that sound like the church today? And it says, and as a result of not giving thanks, 
and being foolish of what God is like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Things could be worse, y'all. Way, way worse. Joseph was betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, accused of rape, sent to prison, forgot about. Things got worse for Joseph. What about Job? Job lost all his children, lost his land, lost his cattle, lost his possession. And if anybody had a reason to complain, it was Job. He knew that things could get worse. And guess what? They did. Job lost his health. It says, but Job still found the good in all of his situation. In Job 1, 21, he says this, and he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord God. When's the last time that you gave God that kind of praise when you were going through? You know why? Because we get into ourselves and it's like, one be God. Come on. But we got to stand as warriors, conquerors. Yeah, it's happening to me. Things could be worse. But I will bless God at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. And I wish I had a few great people in here that knows that there are bad situations, but things could be worse. As I close... 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God and Jesus Christ for you. Philippians 4, 5 and 7 says this, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God, and the peace that surpasses all understanding will encompass you and guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The scripture says, in everything, by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. The problem we have when we pray, we'll pray and we're asking. We're asking God. We will pray, conversation, supplication, Lord, I need something. But we forgot about the thanksgiving. Do you guys realize it is rude to ask for something and not say please and thank you? You, We teach our kids that. We have a nasty habit of not thanking God before we uh, uh, give him great uh, thank for, excuse me, We have a nasty habit of not giving God praise and thanks when we ask for something. Think about it. We will ask, but when we don't get what we want, we become ungrateful. It's like, God, I want this. Even when you go, God, I I want peace. I need peace. And then you just sit back. Why did, where's your faith at? God, I really need help right now. I need to be healed, God. Please heal me. Where's the, thanks, where's the thanksgiving at? By faith, you said it, I need it. By faith, I conversated with you. But by faith, you need to give thanks. And then after you ask, God, thank you. God, thank you for my healing. 
Thank you, Lord, that I'm walking out the healing that you gave me. By your stripes, I am healed. Send the word because I am healed. Lord, I thank you that you, the laying on of hands, will heal the sick and they shall recover. Lord, I thank you for all that you're doing. Not my will be done, but your will will be done, Lord. Jeremiah 30 and 19 says this. For them shall proceed the voice of thanksgiving and the sound of those who make merry, and I will multiply them, and they will not be diminished. God doesn't want more grumps, but he wants more grateful people. He wants more people to give him greater glory, greater honor, and greater delight. Saints of God, I just want to share just briefly. I don't know if you know I I had a stroke. I had two strokes back in 2022. And a bunch of stuff happened that I wasn't able to speak the first time. The second time, I lost my sight, and I, was, I got caught up in a whole bunch of stuff. But I remember just hearing the Lord say, things could be worse. Like even right now, for me, like you guys hear, even when I try to talk, I, I, for me, you guys probably don't know it, but I stutter. I, can forget, I forget words. I look at people and go, okay, what, what am I supposed to say? And now it's like charades while I'm trying to preach. People are trying to like, what, what are you trying to say? I do stuff like that. But I started thinking to myself, man, things could be worse. Yeah. What, what, if, what if I lost the, loose, lost the use of my arm and my leg? Yeah. What if I actually lost completely my speech? Yeah. Yeah. What, what would happen if I lost my, my sight? Even worse, what happened if I didn't even make it? Things can get worse. And maybe if I did lose my speech, things could get even worse. But I will do what the Lord tells me to do. I shall rejoice in all things. I will pray without ceasing. For that is the will of God for my life in Christ Jesus. I give God honor and glory. You know why? Because things could be worse. So I need you to just think in your heart even right now. The situations you're in right now. And say, God, what is it? I know I've been complaining about stuff, but things could be worse. And when you start seeing how better things are, you start giving God praise for what's in your life. Not what you lost, not what you didn't have, but give God honor, glory, and praise. Giving thanks for all things unto God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Remember, it can always be worse. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Is Russ, are you here? Will you please come play? Hey, I'm Barb. I'm the leader of the cleaning team this year for Easter. We are going to do all church clean down at Faith and Victory. The Bible says no, nobody knows the day or the hour of when Christ would return. What I do know is the Bible says he's going to come back for his own. He's going to come back for his church. But if you'd be honest today and say, man, if Jesus came back today, he wouldn't come back for me because I'm not his. I know I'm not his. And I don't know what's kept you from surrender. I don't know what's kept you from saying, man, I need to live for Jesus. 
today I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you, if you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never came to him and said, forgive me of all the wrong things I've ever done in my life, and I want to live for you. Christ wants to forgive you today. The Bible says you'll be born again. The Bible says that you'll be given new life. If you've never made that decision before, and you'd like to do that today, we want to pray with you. Is there anybody that needs to make that decision for the first time today? You can raise your hand right now. Thank you. Now, as I was saying that, you probably, there's maybe someone in this room that said, you know, Pastor, I responded to that many years ago, but for some reason, I, I'm no longer there. I don't know what happened. I've been so far away from God. And I find myself in the church today, and I, and I realize I need to come back to him. I, not a superstitious one-time event. I need a direction change in my life that said, I need to just come back to Jesus. Friend, he loved you while you were his enemy. How much more so now that he calls you son and daughter? If you need to rededicate your life to Jesus today, you want to come back to him, would you raise your hand? We'd like to pray with you as well. for the rest of us, I always think we should pray on the word. And, and what I got out of this whole word was that the key to not having things be worse is to remain grateful. Just be grateful. If you've been ungrateful, just call out to God today. Admit that. Don't let your pride keep you from experiencing God's best. I had to admit at first service. I said, Lord, man, I have lost sight of the fact of what you've given me. Just thank him for what he's done for you, what he's given you. Things could be worse. Father, we receive that word today. Father, we receive your grace and mercy today. Father, we're thankful for everything you've given us. God, we're all here today breathing. And it could be so much worse. We could still be dead in our sins, but you saved us. We could still be lost, but you found us. We could still be alone, but you've placed us in the body. And so for that, we're thankful, Father. God, we're thankful for Pastor John, for the ministry that he has to our church, God. Father, we want to pray together as your church that you would heal his heart, that you would heal his body, God. Decades and decades more of ministry are going to come from that man. The world needs John Butcher. to thank you so much for joining us today online. We want to encourage you to like our Facebook page, follow us on social media. If you're a regular watcher of Faith and Victory online, would you please send us a message because we want to get to know you. We want to be connected with you. Make sure you like and share this video and we'll see you next week at Faith and Victory Church. We love you. Have a great day.